Hey everyone and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola from clevergirlfinance.com and today I am excited to be sharing the stage, the mic with a friend of mine. Her name is Ebony Ruffin. She is the founder of Ruffin Consulting Services. She's a licensed and appointed life insurance agent and we're going to be talking about life insurance and why it's really, really important. Um, if you don't know, in the portfolio of the wealthy, um, life insurance is one of their key components of their por- portfolio. This is how they build wealth. This is how they transition wealth to their generations. And it's something that we need to be taking seriously, especially as women. So Ebony's here and she's going to introduce herself in a couple seconds. But before she introduces herself, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do on iTunes, SoundCloud or Stitcher and be sure to head over to clevergirlfinance.com. Subscribe there and check out the academy also at clevergirlfinanceacademy.com. So let's talk to Ebony. Hi, Ebony. Hi, Bola. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be talking with you. (laughs) I am super excited as well. We're going to make this amazing about life insurance. It's going to be relatable and it's not going to be boring and people will truly understand why it's so important. Yes, I get a lot of questions from my audience about life insurance. They want to know why it matters, you know, how do they get it, what kind do they get. And I think it's something that's really, really important because like I mentioned, this is something that is in the portfolio of all the wealthy people. This is how they build, this is part of how they build wealth and how they transition wealth to their children um, generationally. And it's something that as women, we really, really have to pay attention to. But before I start bombarding you with questions... (laughs) Tell us a bit more about Rough and Consulting Services and you know what you do as an as a life insurance agent. Absolutely. So Rough and Consulting Services is your premier premier destination for all things life insurance. Um, I am a licensed and appointed agent with National Life Group, and uh, through Rough and Consulting Services, my mission is to insure more families with life insurance. And it basically starts with education. Um, I've had quite a few speaking events where I solely focus on why life insurance the two different kinds of life insurance and how it can truly help your family. Um, Most people just look at life insurance as a death benefit. And the thought process is, you know, hi, I'm young. I can enjoy my life. I can wait and get life insurance at a later time. But not understanding why it's so important to secure life insurance when you are young and healthy. You don't need to wait until you're older and, you know, I guess more mature and ready to tackle on your budget, finances, and building wealth, but get it now. Um, So that's what Ruffin Consulting Services is all about, life insurance education and helping you identify the right life insurance product for you and your family. That's awesome. And one of the reasons why I love what you do so much, Ebony, is the fact that you focus on education. So on Instagram, I see you sharing not only education on life insurance, but your entire financial picture as a whole, which is really important. And life insurance is a part of that. So I love the fact that you are all about the education and you're not just about selling. um, Selling. Yeah. (laughs) 
That's awesome. Yes, um, because what you'll find is if you focus on just the selling side of life insurance, you will gain customers, but then they'll allow their policy to lapse because they truly don't understand the importance of it. So if you focus on the foundation, which is education, then your customers become clients and they're there and you're there with them as they have life situations that change and they value insurance more. So education is definitely important. And then I have to understand that a lot of these conversations did not take place in many households. So yeah. it's new information to people. Um, so I'm here to be more of a life insurance partner um, with clients and to be there to answer questions and not just focus on the closing of a sale. Yeah, because education yes. is really important. Having people understand the why behind yes. it is what's going to keep them with it. It's what's going to help them understand you know, their needs and how it affects their overall lives. So that's awesome. Absolutely. So, Tell me, why did you get into insurance in particular? Okay, so I come from a military background and I was growing up and all of our products were through USAA. So everyone's familiar with them um, when you're in the military environment. So when I got ready to go off to college, my mom got a life insurance policy on me. And I'm like, wait a minute, she's sending me to school, not off to dive. <laughs> I didn't really under I didn't understand the importance of it at that moment. But my mom purchased a, a permanent life insurance policy for me its whole life. And when I got older and I started gathering all of my financial products and paperwork together, I noticed some extra money in the insurance policy. And then I started doing my own research and realized that my mom had purchased for me a whole life policy with cash value. And at that time, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, if I knew that I had access to this extra money, I would have done this, this and this with it. But the cash value in life insurance really gave me a better understanding of the benefits of life insurance. So then I uh, started looking into different life insurance companies outside of USAA. And um, I came across National Life Group, and that's the company that I actually decided to get appointed with. And it was just based on not just their products, but their community involvement as well. And um, from there, I purchased my own life insurance policy with cash value. And now I can see two policies where not only do I have a death benefit, but I also have extra money accumulating for me in a separate account. And I plan to have it for, you know, retirement savings or it would be great for the down purchase of a home. But it's it's good to know that when I pay my premiums, it's not just going for a product that will eventually be a benefit to my beneficiary, but mm -hmm. I'll have cash along the way as well. Yeah, and I love your mom for that. Um, that's something I intend yes. to do for my own kids when they turn 80, 18 or 21 to buy them a cash value policy so that they can start to accumulate wealth. And um, I think a lot of people are afraid of life insurance or they don't consider <laughs> it because of the whole morbidity. You know, it's it's about planning. People think it's about planning death, but there's actually lots of living benefits associated to having life insurance, like what you mentioned, being able to, you know, use it as a cash savings or a cash investment account. And one of the things that, you know, 
in the finance space, a lot of people kind of like have different thoughts of insurance and, you know, investing and all these different things. And I think that I'm a firm believer that having life insurance with cash, cash value is a good way to diversify your big financial picture. So you have your cash savings, you have your investments, and then you have your life insurance. Um, so Ebony, you had mentioned a couple things that user uh, listeners might not be familiar with in terms of terms. So can you define these three terms? <laughs> what Absolutely. is permanent slash whole life insurance for those listening? What is cash value? And then what is the alternative, which is term life? Can you break it down for us? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so there are two types of life insurance. We're going to keep it very simple. There is okay. term life insurance and then there's permanent life insurance. So you always start with the parent level. Term is very similar to renting an apartment or renting a home. You have a duration of time, which could be a 10 year term policy. 15 year term policy or 20 year term policy. And it simply means that you will pay a specified amount every month for the term of that policy. So for example, you may have a $100,000 death benefit and it is a term policy and maybe you're paying, I don't know, $60 a month for 15 years. So it simply means that you have life insurance for $100,000 for 15 years. Each month you will pay a premium of $60 a month. Very simple. Um, there's no cash value accumulation. You just have the benefit of the death benefit when you die. With permanent life insurance, it does cost slightly more. So with permanent life insurance, it's like owning your home. You have a higher payment and it's more of an asset over the long term. So I have two permanent life insurance. For example, you may have a $500,000 permanent life insurance. Your premium could be about $125 a month, but the $125 that you pay a month, a portion of that goes into a account where you accumulate cash value. And this is not a get rich quick cash value. So it takes time to accumulate cash value in a permanent life insurance account. Um, and then the other term is cash value. So exactly what is it? A portion of your premium that you pay on a permanent policy, a portion of that goes into a savings account, which accumulates cash value for you over a period of time. You can withdraw the cash value, but you don't have to show a hardship. You don't have to use it for a specific expense. It can be for whatever you may need it for in the future. So that's really good to know. And I know there's a lot of debates out there. Um, a lot of finance people are not fans of whole, whole slash permanent insurance. Yes. Many of them prefer term. Um, but I think that you as someone who's looking to get insurance you want to see what works best for you and i'm definitely a huge fan of the cash value aspect of it or even the return of premium portion of it but it's important that you i'm sure you tell your folks that you know it's important to understand what is the picture of what it is they're trying to cover Right. Yes. Um, so in order to help clients best choose whether they really need a term or a permanent life insurance policy, we do a needs assessment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, permanent life insurance, it does cost more. But if you take the average person who they may not be that great with saving and they may say, well, 
you know, I don't need to spend a hundred and twenty-five dollars a month on a permanent life insurance. I can go and get a term policy for fifty dollars a month and take the difference in investment. But invested. But what do your habits really show about what you will do with money? Would you prefer a policy where you pay one set amount a month? And you know that you not only have a death benefit, but you can have living benefits as well, along with a cash value account. So you have to be realistic when choosing um, the best policy that fits your needs. And then it also boils down to affordability. Um, I personally chose to, well, my mom chose originally a, a permanent life insurance policy. And because that's what I was introduced to, that's what I also chose for myself with the National Life Group. And the reason why I did it is because the cost of premium for me is much cheaper based on my age and my health. Yeah. So why not? <laughs> yeah, you know, let's let's use this to my advantage while I can. So why not get a five hundred thousand dollar policy? with a lower cost of premium, just purely based on age and health, that I know I can pay that amount for the life of the policy without it increasing, no matter what happens to my health. In addition, um, the cash value that accumulates on that account, say for example, I have a heart, a financial hardship 10 years from now. We don't know what may happen in the future, and I don't want my policy to lapse. I would have so much cash value in that account that that cash value can be used for future premiums as well so that my policy doesn't lapse. So um, that's personally why I chose a uh, permanent policy, and I still have different investments as well, but it works for me yeah and I'm glad that you talked about the age factor so you know again <laughs> your age matters and I think yeah. you want to take advantage of getting life insurance um, when you're younger because when you're younger it's cheaper and you have more time to accumulate your cash value aspect of it and I did a podcast episode maybe two or three episodes down about um, I think it was episode 29 or something don't quote me on that but it was okay. about what I would tell my younger self and I would tell my younger self to get life insurance and because I didn't get it when I was in my 20s and so I probably pay a lot more than you pay Ebony and if you're young and you're thinking about getting life insurance you should do it because and do it based on the things Ebony mentioned so your budget you know your needs and all that kind of stuff and because this is how the wealthy sustain their wealth long term generationally and if you can do it now and you can afford to get it then you might as well go ahead and get the you know the insurance and your age matters not that you can't get it when you're older it's just that it ends up costing more and um, one of the things I wanted to, you to kind of discuss, Ebony, was um, when I started looking to seriously looking into life insurance policies, this was right when I got my kids, so it was a life, you know, a life change. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I had talked about with my agent was just layering on policies over time and just going by because, you know, let's say I want to get, I don't know, a $5 million, $10 million policy, but then the premium is just really crazy. He's like, as opposed to just waiting, letting time pass by and waiting mm -hmm. 10 years to get the you know policy. Why don't you start with this and then add on and then add on and then add on as your your budget expands, right? So can you talk about that that approach? And that's very common, right? To be to layer on policies. You have two. Yes, I have two, but I also could have increased the uh, amounts of insurance on the original one uh, mm -hmm. that my mom got for me. But I decided to get a separate one because 
I am appointed with the National Life Group, and I don't want to be in the market working with clients and issuing policies from National Life if I personally don't have a policy from them myself. So I said, uh, not only does that make sense, but representing what I sell in the market and having my own testimony, but definitely life insurance. Um, life insurance is much like your financial plan. You should be reviewing it as you have life-changing events, and you want to review it early in your policy rather than late later. So you can have multiple policies, but you can also take your same policy and determine with your life insurance company and agent, should you increase the death benefit a little bit more? Because obviously, as you get older, you may have more expenses that may require to be covered, you know, if you were to pass away. But hopefully if we're all being smarter as we get older, you know, we are eliminating debt um, and leaving more for the next generation and our family to have from that death benefit. Um, so I would definitely say when, once you get with an insurance company and an agent that you trust, don't feel the need to go to other insurance companies to get multiple policies. Work with your agent and insurance company to look at how your life has changed over you know, two to three years. Do you need more of a death benefit? And um, one thing I want to give you a heads up on is sometimes it may require a medical exam yeah. um, because, of course, you're dealing with an insurance company and uh, let's face it, they are in the business of making money as well. So they're going to want to make sure that there isn't some hidden risk factor that they don't know about and could result in having to pay out your death benefit sooner rather than later. Yeah, I had to have a medical test. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yes. Um, it wasn't terrible. And he also did talk about, you know, the options you mentioned, adding on to the policy or getting additional policies. So that's all really good information. Um, so specifically for us as women, right? Um, and there's different scenarios around this, but why is insurance important? Regardless of what your situation is, whether you're the breadwinner or not, and wherever mm -hmm. you are in your your life your life why is it important well uh let's just first start with as long as you're living and breathing you need life insurance uh that is <laughs> that is the first most important um aspect of deciding whether or not you need life insurance for women i look i look at it in two categories first you have women that are part of the reverse breadwinner effect which means they are the women in the households bringing home more of the income so you would have to consider if something was to happen to the woman of that household how would the finances be impacted for those women that um, do not play a part of the reverse breadwinner effect they still have great value in a home. So whether it's childcare, um, whether they have a small business on the side, um, you're still considering the revenue that that business generates to help with the overall, uh, you know, running and managing of the household. So it's not necessarily um, do you make the most money, but it's how do you contribute to your household? If something was to happen to a woman who is not necessarily in a six-figure salary job, but she provides child care, um, she's taking care of the money management for the home, the financial planning, um, she is maybe helping care for parents, 
um, you know, whatever her contributions are to the home, it's all assigned a dollar value. Mm -hmm. And if she was not to be available today or tomorrow, someone will have to take on that role and responsibility. So yes, women, you definitely need life insurance. And I will also say most importantly, I would consider life insurance with living benefits. Um, the living benefits aspect of your policy will provide you some type of income if you were to become terminally, critically, or chronically ill while you're living. And we know the statistics of cancer, um, whether it's heart disease or just different things that women face in the household, and what will happen to the finances of the household if you were to start to incur medical expenses um, that you didn't really have income to pay for. Mm -hmm. That's really important. I think a lot of women who are stay-at-home moms or they're homemakers don't think of their contributions in terms mm -hmm. of cash value, but that is a job. That's a full-time job. And there's an online quiz I took um, just before I quit my job um, to do Clever Girl Finance. There was an online quiz I took to talk about what is the value of all that you do to determine um, what type of insurance you should be looking for. And I remember I, in addition to my full-time job, the value of everything I did at home as a cook, as, you know, babysitter, as mom, <laughs> wife, all that kind of stuff was $60,000. You know, so if I was a full-time stay-at-home mom, homemaker, then my full-time job would be earning me 60K. And you have to, even though you don't want to think about it that way, you have to equate what you do to a cash amount so you know how much you, you get in life insurance so you know the value of what you're doing and so sometimes maybe you have to make the other people in your life appreciate the value of what you're Absolutely. doing because, like, <laughs> if they needed to hire a cook a you know babysitter a house cleaner and all that they're gonna pay more than 60k a year full-time they're gonna pay for it <laughs> absolutely and then also thinking about it may take your family two to three years to total recover from a loss yeah. so if you say 60 to seventy thousand, then really your death benefit should be that amount times the number of years you think you will want to give your family a cushion um, to be able to transition and not just even talking about the dollar amount but even just the uh, emotional aspect of it all um, just yesterday I had a post on my Instagram talking about life insurance and um, one person added a comment, she's from North Carolina, and the post was about why life insurance from an employer is just simply not enough. Oh, that was my and next question, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yes. talk about that. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Um, and this person shared that uh, a family member had worked with the company for a very long time and was laid off, and after being laid off, also developed an illness. Well, your insurance from an employer is only good for you while you're employed. So you can be a great employee for 20 years at a company and you're laid off. You don't have your life insurance coverage anymore. And let's talk about what they offer is typically between 50 and 75,000. And that's really not enough yeah, the for burial costs. Are crazy. They're ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And then you're older, you have health problems. So uh, this the person that added the comment on Instagram mentioned that um, once this family member was laid off and then developed an illness and tried to apply for life insurance, it was highly rated and they couldn't afford it and they didn't have 
any money to be able to bury this person. And as sad as it sounds, it's the reality of most people. They rely on companies caring for them and providing them with the life insurance that they need, but they haven't assessed you know, what happens when they're no longer with that company and that the coverage that's provided is just simply not enough. So you do need your own life insurance outside of an employer. So ladies, that is financial planning 101. Ebony just broke it down. Um, <laughs> you got to have your plan outside of your employer. You cannot rely for rely on your employer for, you know, everything. It's the same with having a 401k through your employer. You can still yeah. invest outside for retirement. You can invest in a brokerage, um, you know, in an IRA on your own. You can still do non-retirement investing on your own outside of your employer. So you want to make sure that you're not tying your financial plans to your employer because they could fire you or you could decide to quit or you could possibly not be able to work and then then what you know they're not they're not going to keep someone who's not they're not going to keep someone on payroll if you're not producing for them and so you want to keep that in mind that's really important so absolutely great point, and just think about it uh, like how we all talk about diversifying our portfolio mm-hmm. if If your investments and retirement planning are all with your employer, then you're not diversifying your portfolio. And it really just takes one simple step. You know, life insurance isn't a one size fits all. It doesn't mean that you have to have the perfect policy when you first start, but you need to start somewhere. and it's really not as intimidating as most people think. You work with an agent, someone you feel comfortable with and can trust. You make sure that that agent is licensed. You make sure that that agent is appointed. And you make sure that that agent is uh, doing a, a, a needs analysis and, and in great detail. So there are going to be a lot of personal questions that are asked, but it's in the benefit of the client. Um, and then from there, you'll you'll it may require a medical exam depending on how much insurance you're getting and how you answer the medical questions. But it's it's not intimidating. It's once you get the policy in your hand, it feels so great. When I see my policies in my hand or I get my statements in the mail, I'm like, yes, this premium that I'm paying is it's working in the background for me. And it makes you proud. So um, it's it's something to be proud of owning, not intimidating of owning. Yeah, and you definitely have to be proud of it. This is an asset. It's an asset in your, you know, in your portfolio. And like Ebony mentioned, it's about going with the right agent. And she just gave you a bunch of tips to look out for, to ask when you're with the agent. Um, so you know what you're getting and also do your own research, you know, don't rely on somebody to tell you what you need, do your own research, understand what these terms mean, understand how it works, understand what your needs are. And that way, when you go to sit with an agent, you are better, you're better equipped and qualified to have the conversation. So no one can, you know, take you for whatever no one can try to run you into a policy that you don't need or you don't want so that's Mm -hmm. the other thing i want to talk about ebony which is really important is there's a lot of people out there selling life insurance yes um (laughs) and it's a little worrisome (laughs) for me sometimes like let's just pause right there (laughs) yeah and it's it's even with finance experts right there's a lot of misinformation bad information bad policies bad just packages and I've had friends ask me about 
life insurance policies that with I'm not an appointed or certified or any kind of life insurance agent, mm-hmm. but just with my finance background, listening to what they were offered, I'm like, you better run away. So, yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and this I think is just in any business, in any industry, there's always a little bit of, I don't know, shadiness going on. So for someone who yes. is trying to get a policy and this needs to sit with an agent, needs to talk to someone, um, and you can reach out to Ebony guys, but yes. <laughs> for someone who, who's, who should they be looking for? What are the qualifications they need to be looking for when they look for an agent? I would also, I would start with how long has the agent been licensed Mm -hmm. and has the person's license ever been pulled? Also, how long has the person been appointed? And by appointed, meaning you can be licensed, but you need to be appointed with an insurance company in order to sell the products for that insurance company. And then who is the agent appointed with? Mm -hmm. So that's where you're going to get more into what is the name of the life insurance company? Once you find out the name of that life insurance company, the internet is open for your research and you will be able to see reviews and feedback on the life insurance company. Also, um, one thing that I liked about the company that I'm appointed with, National Life Group, is their community involvement because I'm big on community involvement, education, and mentorship. So I was able to see different programs that they have in communities focused on financial planning and life insurance. And that part actually connected with me. And for those who like to look at financial statements, um, I was able to find that information online as well. And I can tell that this wasn't a company that was heavily loaded in debt. Some people aren't going to go as that far to do research, but because I'm in the field of finance and accounting, I kind of knew what to look for. Mm-hmm. Also, um, you know, what are other clients saying about your agent? They should definitely be able to provide you some contacts of clients that they have and be able to ask questions. Um, and also, when the clients have life insurance products, how long are they keeping the products? You know, you don't want to work with someone where they close a deal and then a few months later the client no longer has the life insurance product. That's definitely a red flag because it could be an indication that the appropriate uh, needs assessment was not performed. And if clients are getting policies and then they're no longer able to pay the monthly premium, did you truly assess the big picture of that person? Um, and let's see. I would definitely say that's a good start. Uh, Errors and omissions insurance is another one. Um, And you can ask your agent, uh, do they have errors and omissions insurance and ask them to produce a certificate. Okay, so for the people who are listening, what is errors and omissions uh, insurance? All licensed agents definitely should have errors and omissions insurance. And the company, uh, National Life Group, actually requires it. So we can't produce or sell anything in the market without errors and omissions insurance. And it's basically a backing that if there was any type of mistake on the application or anything was done wrong, it's insurance on making a mistake with an application or miscommunication, miscommunicating of information. So while you don't expect to have to use it, you definitely want to make sure that your agent has it. That's good to know. So ladies, if you're listening, these are excellent tips from Ebony around (laughs) 
how to get life insurance, why it's important, questions you should be asking potential agents, and all of that, how it ties into your big financial picture. This has been so awesome, Ebony. I appreciate you being here. Um, so one question I ask my guests, I haven't been asking recent guests, but I'm going to ask you. Okay. <laughs> Put me on the spot. I'm okay. I'm putting you on the spot. Yes. What is your Clever Girl superpower? <laughs> my Clever Girl superpower. No pressure. <laughs> My clever girl superpower. My superpower is being able to get to the root cause of anything and provide valuable solutions. And that's what I'm known for. Wherever I am, I like I absorb information and I'm listening. And then I can literally give you a step-by-step -step of what you should do to resolve the problem and kind of what you can expect. And I think that comes from childhood. That's kind of how I grew up. Um, my mom retired from the army and uh, she wasn't one of those moms that kind of like, oh, don't worry about it. She was more so like, okay, what's the issue? What do we need to do? And this is how we resolve it. And I've taken that approach to a lot of things in my life. So that's my clever girl superpower. I'm root cause focused <laughs> and I can provide solutions. But that's such an awesome superpower to have, especially in your field of finance, insurance, because people are going to come to you in panics. They're going to come to you with all kinds of problems. And they're, they're not, you know, a lot of times they may not be able to see the light, but you can objectively say, okay, let's break it down. And yes. This is the issue. This is the solution. This is the plan to get to the solution. So that's pretty awesome. I like that. I love yeah. that. <laughs> and it allows me to actually work without the emotional aspect of things because yeah. a lot of times our emotions can make us, uh, you know, have a certain viewpoint on something or make decisions. But when you look at it from a realistic point and you don't get your emotions so involved, you can truly assess any type of situation and just make it happen. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So how can folks um, find you if they want to ask you more questions, if they want to you know, find you on social media and get your great, awesome financial advice and education? How can they find you, ETC? <laughs> yes. So uh, email is info at roughingconsultingservices.com. And I have a, a plethora of information on Instagram. That's also at Rough and Consulting Services. And I would just take some time to review my Instagram, the posts. The information is very simple. It's relatable. It will help you prepare to meet with an agent. If you already have an agent, it's great information to follow up with your agent and ask some questions. So definitely Instagram at Rough and Consulting Services. Send me any questions by email at info at Ruffing Consulting Services. And uh, if you want to have a phone call, it's 888-9-RUFFIN. Oh, I love that. I need to get one too. <laughs> I love vanity numbers. It's great for marketing. It's like, oh yeah, what's your number? 888-9-RUFFIN. So easy to remember. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so thank you so much for being here, Ed, Ebony. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insights and sharing your expertise with us. And I really think that, you know, the ladies listening are going to um, start thinking more seriously um, about their insurance and start looking at the policies that they have and making sure that they get the type of the right type of life insurance for them. So thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Bola, for having me. 
So I hope you guys have enjoyed listening into our episode today. Life insurance is a really, really important aspect of your personal finances. And so you want to get on it if you don't already have a plan in place for your life insurance. Thank you guys again for being here and I will catch you on the next episode.